Our first scripture reading today comes from 2 Corinthians. We entreat you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way. Through great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well known, as dying see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. And then the gospel reading today comes from Matthew chapter 6. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So earlier this week, I started to see them. First it was one, two, three, four, five, six, so on and so forth. They were the Facebook Lent poll. One friend after another steadily started to ask the question, what should I give up for Lent? And of course, well-meaning folks would respond, oh, I'm giving up chocolate this year. Oh, I'm giving up this this year. And progressively it would go on and on and on. The social media lament of upcoming Lent again this year. 
I honestly am waiting next year for somebody online to create a little quiz that can be shared around to everybody to ask five or six questions, and then it would spit out what you should give up for lunch. I feel like that would make it a lot easier than having to pull around all of social media. And of course, for any of us who have wandered through these 40 days, it's not the first time. It's an all-too-forgivable nod to know how we view this season. It can be a burden, a source of drudgery that we need to broadcast far and wide. Please know that I am going to give up something for Lent. Know about it. Help me out. We're in this together. feels like one of the easiest one-on-one connections I could probably make from the gospel reading today into this, right? And earning our reward on Facebook sounds about as empty of a reward that I can think of. Oh my goodness, if my reward that I earn on this earth is a couple of thumbs and likes and hearts on Facebook, I am tragedy upon any of us. But I think if we just leave it there, and I said, well, there's your sermon, let's get on to the imposition of ashes, I think it'd be kind of empty, right? It'd be much to say. Pretty bland conclusion, and might not get to what I think is the root of the issue as we think about Ash Wednesday and we start to wander our way into Lent this year. How to avoid Ash Wednesday and Lent to be a thought of performative acts, featuring some stained fingers and stained foreheads, a couple fish fries, if we feel like it, we join with our Catholic brothers and sisters because they are really good at fish fries. Really good. And it's not often that you just get to have everybody come over and celebrate with some good food. Oh, maybe. Oh, gosh, that seems like the same rote year after year after year, and at some point it really does just feel like another performative act of Christianity that we do because we think it's the right thing to do, it's the thing we've always done, and it's the thing we'll always continue to do. And so I wonder if we invite Paul into this conversation as he's talking and writing to the church in Corinth, not the first time, but the second time. He invites them to be reconciled with God. We hear that word all the time, and in fact, we will be spending Lent working around this word being reconciled. What does reconciliation mean? And at its core, when you look at the Greek word that is here in, that we translate as reconciled, it's a word related to exchange. It's an economic term. It's a matter of, re, uh, of moving a certain currency to another one. You know, when we talk about even reconciling our accounts, that's not unfamiliar to us. The same root is there. And so what it means in part in this sense is to take what is the corrupted currency of our lives and have a return for something that is far more valuable than what we started with in the beginning. It's a chance for two parties to meet somewhere in the middle to have a special exchange. But of course, this requires change. Even the currency I have in my hand, if I've got it handy, is still something in my hand. 
in my pocket, even if I could exchange it for something else, something greater, there's a risk there. What am I truly going to get back in return? Of course, our piety before others, maybe it's on Facebook or Maybe it's the way that we drag ourselves to church on Sunday or the way we drag ourselves some other time. Maybe it's those moments that we like people to know that we're Christians and we work extra hard to pray. The piety before others is still our own way. It's not this reconciled moment with God and each other. It's a proud way shrouded in a supposed otherwise. Even in my best moments, when I am posting online, for instance, gosh, what should I give up this year? It might still be a way to pull one last source of my own pride and how good I am in Lent to my friends, especially the ones that I've always wanted to be just a little bit better than. Ones who did a little bit better in seminary than I did. I think I'm particularly good this year. But I think Lent's reconciling exchange helps to clear out the obstacles to get to a fully lived, fully experienced, Christ-like, good, and frightening boat. When Paul lists all of the things that he was going through as he was talking about this world that he was living in, it's terrifying moments, but it's also beautiful, flourishing moments of life. That in spite of the difficult moments, in spite of the things that he was going through, Paul saw life. Certainly amongst the Corinthians, one of the churches that he planted, but certainly all of the other places as he ministered throughout the area that he was in. Instead of looking at these moments, this moment when we will remember our own mortality, the moments that we will consider what does it mean to give up certain things, when we go through this moment, it doesn't have to be a time that we have to drudge through, but a chance that we can clear the springs of our lives, the springs of the Spirit more, and see more deeply where Christ might be amongst us. And so I wonder... What, honestly, at the end of the day, would we prefer? Do we prefer a proud display for others or a deep, flourishing, deeply sustaining life? Do we hope for the temporary pity, the extra Facebook likes and the hearts, or moving our way to doing the things that will bring forever change into this world, to bring the kingdom forward in just one Or two steps more? Do we want to put our time and our energy in the oxidizing fortunes that lie around this world? Whether monetary or not. Or do we want to put our lives and our energies and all the things we do into markets of transcendence that move beyond this world where our treasures are stored in heaven. And so, friends, as we move on this Lenten journey and we consider what does it mean to reconcile ourselves to God and one another, this is what it can be for us. It can be an opportunity for a holy exchange 
to let go of some of the things that hold us so tight to this world and allow us to miss where God is. It doesn't need to be a drudgery, but a chance to see more clearly than perhaps what we did the day before or the week before. And so I invite you, journey in Lent. Let go of the bad currency that holds you into this world and be willing to let it go for a better treasure. Be reconciled. Because the interesting thing about reconciliation is it's not just one party that moves. Reconciliation is not just one person going one direction. No, it's two people going to a new place. And I can't promise much about what Lent will, you will experience, but I will promise you this. If you move to be reconciled, God will move towards you. And indeed, in Jesus Christ, as we walk through Lent and we move through this journey and we set our eyes eventually towards Easter, we know that that has already happened. And we will experience it again as we do every year. That Jesus Christ, fully God, fully human, came into this world and was willing to be reconciled with us. And so the only thing you have to lose, perhaps, are the things that are going to dissolve anyway. But brothers and sisters, we have so much to gain just simply being reconciled to our God. Amen.